everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we're watching the TV show Lost backwards from the last episode to the first episode with Chad, and he's never seen Lost before. Because when the episodes were airing for the first time, I was laying back in the cut, not watching them. And I'm another one of your bros on the show. This week we're considering Lost Season for Episode 11, Cabin Fever. Locke, Ben, and Hurley join to Jacob's, or join up at Jacob's Cabin where Locke is informed that he'll have to move the island. After returning to the freighter, the mercenary stage a mutiny. In flashbacks, we uh, visit Locke. He's shown to be visited by Richard Alpert many times throughout his life. So how are you guys feeling about this episode? I wonder how Richard Alpert is visiting Locke. Like, I kind um, of feel like if they were able to go back and redo the show and just like digitally do everything that they didn't do the first time around, would they have taken out Alpert and put in Jacob? Oh. Mm. Well, I, mean, I think... Or was Richard Alpert allowed to leave the island? Yeah, as Jacob's emissary. Right. They... Yeah, because I, I feel like Jacob and I guess Alpert too, they kind of, they're exempt from that rule that we've, we've talked about before where like, once you leave the island, you can't come back. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's more for... Regular humans like like Ben and uh, Widmore, right? Is locked too. It's in service of whatever your purpose is on the island. Yeah. I would assume so. Um, I guess Jacob's purpose to the island is different, and uh, Albert's purpose to the island is different versus Ben's purpose to the island. So as yeah, but I wonder because uh, if those two, uh, Richard Albert and, and Jacob, can leave whenever, um, and the others can't, like they hadn't really explicitly stated why that is right i mean there's no i mean i don't know what we could lay over it but yeah it seems like it seems a little it's like uh in the original version of uh was it the original version of new hope Hmm. when uh they talked to uh that one fat dude instead of jabba (laughs) in the hangar oh and then they digitally altered it later yeah because that dude wasn't supposed to be jabba right Um, he was like jabba's like emissary i think so i think he's like a stand-in for jabba i don't know yeah, that was a weird because I think I feel like I've read different things that George Lucas has said about that. Okay, because I don't actually even remember the original version of that scene. Yeah, well, I just know that it released, was changed yeah. later. Yeah, I, I know they digitally changed it and they made like uh, Han Solo step on his tail yeah, or something. They had to walk behind him. So like, oh, what do we do? We'll just make Han Solo go at a weird crooked angle and pop him up, so it looks like he's walking over his tail. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, bad. yeah, I remember that. Like, well, I, I haven't. Yeah, that was such a, that was very strange. Yeah. But yeah, so Richard Albert was the fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, they kind of tried to, I think, play with this later on where when Locke talks to Albert in the 50s and is like, oh, I'm about to be born in a couple of years or whatever. Um, go check it out. And he also yeah. gives him that compass. Yeah. So they, so. they, they retroactively fitted that in, yeah. seems like. Like, um, they... They set up all this mystery and mystery lore and lore of what John's character was in, at, at this point. And then I think later in season five, they just retrofitted all that shit so it would make sense. Yeah. Which I sad. did not even remember that that's how we got that compass. <laughs> yeah. I was like trying to figure out, like, is this a personality test yeah. where he's asking which of these belong to you? Mm. It's strange because I was thinking about the compass and I know we normally don't do this too much on the show, and I don't want to go too far into this, but there's a theory floating around on what he was supposed to choose, and it wasn't the compass. Oh. Yeah, but I, I thought it was... theory before they, talk, they show the compass in season five? Um, I believe 
they say that the compass comes back into the show and it changes hands between Albert and Locke many times, more than the times that we've seen so far, supposedly. Wow. So it, it you would think it was supposed to be the compass, right. but it's not the compass. I don't know. Like, yeah. So like, uh, there's there's something else that he was supposed to choose, and it wasn't the three things that he was pondering, mm. which is strange. But I I wanted to believe it was the compass because we just saw older Locke give. Uh, Albert that compass right yeah. like um, in the 50s and he said come see me when I'm bored and he gives him the compass or whatever so I thought it was meant to intimate that like yeah he's got a young lock would choose the compass which is kind of interesting I, I thought it was uh, this is one of my favorite episodes of the series to be honest and mm-hmm. it's not like a lot happens but there's so much weirdness that that happens versus some of the other episodes which are more just like bread and butter action or right. you know or they're just trying to move people around this one they kind of played like in a weird space like this episode they had like strange dreams there is a uh, supernatural cabins there is a, a creepy young lock and there's a lock throughout his, his life that's being monitored by richard but but yeah like it's strange because this even lock in as a young child is somehow having memories his own memories maybe of like the smoke monster he draws it as much as a kid right puts mm-hmm. it up on the wall which is good job there adoptive mother let's put this creepy smoke monster <laughs> picture on the wall but yeah i guess that's supposed to show that that lock i guess whatever the time travel effect was maybe it dispersed his memories throughout time so that mm-hmm. maybe even the younger version of himself kind of catches glimpses of what his destiny is supposed to be if you can even call it that i i would lay that on there but i don't know if that's accurate or what they were trying to show what so, do you guys think? what was the theory? Oh, the theory. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we got you, way out. You brought this up to say, like, I don't normally go into these theories. Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, okay. all right. The theory is that the Book of Law is the important belonging to the others. So, Locke told Alpert that he would eventually become their leader. However, he wasn't born on the island. So, Locke had to come to the island in some form. If Locke had picked the book, then that would have proved that Locke had grown up on the island Alper would have taken Locke at this point to his destiny. Mm. So basically, the book of law is actually the law of the others. So mm-hmm. he wanted him to choose ah. that because that book is what the others live by, mm. supposedly. But I don't right. remember seeing that book. Yeah, ever. Book, yeah, it hasn't come up, at least from what we've seen. It might come up earlier, but like it doesn't seem like, from what I've, I know of Jacob and the way his laws work, they seem to be very arbitrary and made up by Jacob and just told. Yeah, to yeah it's like people. Kelvin Ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like they haven't really laid too much ground for like a like a very no, nah, I don't know, rigid, but like not rigid, but rigid, any kind of rigid book that they would like adhere to. But that would kind of go in, that would play in line with what a lot of Jacob represents on the show, which is like, um, you know, this higher being, supposedly mm-hmm. this protective being that's uh, that kind of acts as the default god on the island, has his angel messenger that carries his message forward or his herald which is supposed to be richard alpert so it's not too much of a stretch to imagine that they would have like a bible or that richard would write down a bible but that does kind of fly in the face of the stuff that we already seen like abiternal that episode where jacob tells richard like why should i why should why should i have to tell people or why should i be the one to tell people so if that was his line of thinking why the hell would he make a book of laws And a lot of his laws, they don't, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of laws as far as things that they're allowed to do or not do, aside There's, from just do what Jacob tells you. There are three laws. The first law is uh, be very vague <laughs> with everyone, yeah. including those that are others. Speak Latin, that's number two. And yeah. number three is do whatever Jacob tells you yeah. to do. But yeah, supposedly, 
according to a lot of big fan theories um, on the Lostopedia and all that stuff, they, a lot of people were speculating that it was supposed to be the Book of Law that he was supposed to choose. But I don't know. That doesn't scan for me. Yeah. Not from what we've seen so far. Did you guys think it was like some kind of personality test or something too? Yeah, I mean, definitely the first time I saw it, it reminded me a lot of... Um, that episode of King of the Hill, when the uh, the Dalai Lama's people come to check out uh, Bobby Hill to see if he's the next Dalai Lama. What? And they set out a bunch of belongings and like, which one of these belongs to you? And it's supposed to be, I think, the mirror. And he grabbed something else. But he knew what it was supposed to be, but he grabbed the wrong thing on purpose. Because he didn't want to be he's that. He's actually the Dalai Lama. What? Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. I think that's kind of where it comes from, is that sort of ritual that the uh the buddhist the oh, to buddhist. see how close you are to remembering your reincarnation yeah i see okay i thought it was like uh, at the beginning of kingdom hearts <laughs> when it asked you to pick uh the staff the sword or the shield uh, yeah you're uh, picking a class yeah interesting yeah yeah that all kind of that, that does kind of play a role but i do i do like that idea of choosing your own destiny or whatever is what they're trying to go for but they're Looking for a very specific choice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I guess... Night yeah. It's different. like, oh, you chose the knife. Looks like uh, your life is going to be a really shitty, stabby time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of clues throughout um, Locke's life that would set him up to maybe become a serial killer, I feel like. Oh, yeah. He was, like, abandoned by his mother. He uh, has a fascination with knives, being yeah. bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this whole identity thing in high school where he's like no i i like all all the you know manly guy stuff <laughs> sports and cars and who's stuff. your favorite sports team um the the uh the the london flyers yeah they fly london like right yeah so he couldn't accept who he was i mean he was he was one step away from becoming a serial killer I think. oh yeah he <laughs> didn't get his spine crushed <laughs> yeah. oh man if he didn't jump out a window yeah eight yeah. stories up jeez yeah that that is kind of strange it's so interesting that we have a character like this in Locke, who is very tragic, like, overall. Like, from his birth, he was born three months premature. Mm-hmm. His mother didn't want him. Mm-hmm. His grandmother didn't want him. And, like, mm-hmm. she, she didn't already, but, like, they kind of had to, like, really quickly put a put a quick, uh, you know, a, so you can be in tune with what the grandmother is thinking. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know that when she grabs for a cigarette in the premature part of the hospital. I like, mean, in just, the 50s, I don't think that was that egregious <laughs> it wasn't super egregious but it was egregious it was enough. just like come on this is like the one part where yeah. you're not allowed to smoke <laughs> yeah there's an oxygen tank here that's the only it's a safety hazard it's mm-hmm. for everybody yeah. including this young baby but then i guess that's supposed to show you that she like because then she goes oh right of course because like she could give a shit about that baby yeah. <laughs> and, you know she didn't want to explode yeah <laughs> but yeah there's so that was that was kind of interesting and all through his life um i like i do like the idea of uh uh, Richard Alpert being Professor X, though. Interesting. Yeah. He's just recruiting. A school, for... a school for gifted youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he wouldn't be gifted if he chose the right thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, just that's a nice theory about the, the Book of Laws and stuff. But, I mean, just from what we know, from what we've seen, the compass does belong to him, to Locke, mm-hmm. and already belonged to him. But, like, Locke, or Alpert knew that an adult Locke gave this compass to him. So when he goes to, oh, I'm going to go talk to this six-year-old boy and ask him which one of these things he's going to own when he's an adult, and that'll be my proof that this is actually him. Like, that's that's something a dumb person does. Yeah. <laughs> I see. What what makes you feel that it puts him in the in a, in a dumb way uh, or being a dumb person? It's, um, I mean, what, what would make you think that that's what would happen? Like, if I went back in time, AJ, with the uh, your shirt you're wearing now, 
and then, showed it to you as a six-year-old. I'm like, does, you, does this belong to you or this knife? Right. And I grabbed not the shirt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that kind of ties into the the whole Dalai Lama thing that they're probably trying to go with too. Yeah. Like where he's just like, oh, oh, like everything is kind of circular connected. And yeah, that's strange. But I, I guess what we could take away from that scene is that um, after the time travel stuff happens and the way it affects uh, Locke, is no, maybe he's no longer... A linear person where he just thinks of time or has time function on him in, in a linear way like everybody else does but mm-hmm. because of the time travel he, he kind of has that but it's not like it's not super pronounced where he can control it or even understand it but the young version of himself at least has a dream or has dreams or maybe sees visions of maybe things that could be memories one of them for sure being the smoke monster oh, yeah. or maybe and that's kind of a strange precursor because later on the smoke monster assumes Locke's form, yeah. right? So, like, to have that knowledge as a little kid, you know, this is this is a, some weird entity. It's that you're going to be killed by a smoke monster. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. Yeah, he was killed by Ben, ben in that yeah. hotel. But he um, a smoke yeah, but that smoke monster has all his memories. Yeah. So is that is that smoke monster tapping into the memories of whoever whoever is whatever dead person it parades yeah. as? Does that mean that? He would have the memories of the smoke monster who was parading at him. Oh, as him? yeah, it's like a, maybe not. But it goes both ways. It's a symbiotic yeah. relationship. And when they talk a lot in this episode too about Ben talking about how, what it's like to be chosen and how there's 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 negative things that come along with that. And you know maybe Locke wasn't chosen by Jacob for anything, and he's he's been chosen by the smoke monster for a lot of these things. Like, yeah, because he has like thinking back, looking at it now, like from what we've seen, um, like. John Locke has a lot of a lot of uh, interaction with um, with Christian Shepherd, mm. uh, who we know to be the smoke monster in the later season. But we've also seen Christian Shepherd pop up with the whispers, and then yeah. I guess we've kind of attuned it to like the whispers means that it's maybe the real ghost, ghost of Christian yeah. Shepherd versus no whispers like we see in the cabin, right. and then that intimates to us that it's the smoke monster. And uh, I guess this kind of confirms it, and it's a lot of this also feels retrofitted too to like kind of make it blend where we see claire in the um in the cabin with mm-hmm. with christian um but like she she says i'm with him she doesn't say i'm with christian i'm right. with this i'm with the yeah, guy, the I'm guy with him. that's with the, him. the hashtag <laughs> yes so um you know christian shepherd 2016 election yeah Go wait ahead. is hashtag i'm with him like does that mean that claire supports donald trump <laughs> <laughs> i think so or whoever the the Australian version of Donald Trump is. Right. I think it was the Dark Horse candidate, which is supposed to be Christian <laughs> Shepard, a television character from the television show yeah. Boss, running for, for office. For Prime Minister of Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, ju- he just wants to make Hydra Island great again. <laughs> yes. Speaking about Hydra Island, and with that, we have a lot of the Dharma Initiative folks, and we yeah. get introduced to Horace Goodspeed. Yeah. I think this is our earliest in- iteration of seeing Horace on the show. Yeah. And I so- wonder... Yeah. Just uh, Horace Goodspeed, that being his name, and then we find that out later. But because in this, at the end of the dream, he was like, "Oh, my name is Horace," and then he says, "Goodspeed, Locke or John." Yeah. So it yeah. sounds like he's just saying "Goodspeed" as like a "so long." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was strange. That dream was. I love any time like a television show introduces dream logic. <laughs> like he cuts down the tree. And then cuts it down again, the exact same tree. And then, like, um, 
and he keeps on looping through whatever it is. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm, I have such a weird TV hard on for stuff like that. When like when there's weird shit that just repeats or weird you dreams. You love uh, Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, and that that well, you could say, and um, I'm not just making this up. Damon Lindelof has been very vocal about like his love for Twin Peaks, mm. and like a lot of that stuff, like he loves that show. So a lot of that kind of you would imagine would have some kind of inspiration to what he does and probably what a bunch of other people have done like over the years. Yeah. Not, you know, not in the exact same vein of Twin Peaks, but like just, yeah, that, that whole space that you, that they play in for that or for this particular episode with, yeah, with weird messaging and, and weird stuff that comes across in dreams and, and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. It's my thing. <laughs> you know, some people have a thing. That's my thing. That's your thing. Weird you're, uh, dream logic bullshit. Your your uh, your Pornhub search results are all um, <laughs> weird dreams. Yeah, mine's are just like uh, show me the most hot dream sequences that nah. you can. It doesn't even have any sex in it. You no. know, like people just put like movie trailers on Pornhub. <laughs> it's that, but with like. Have you guys watched any of those? I haven't even come across them with this one. I haven't. I haven't seen them. Have you seen them? No. No. She's. I, yeah, I haven't seen any of those. I know they give them like weird porn titles. Like, if it's like The Lion King, they'll name it something with some weird sex. They just replace one noun in it with the word incest. <laughs> there, there's also, uh, like, occasionally they will uh, show sports clips. Oh. And then they'll have it, like, uh, having the, uh, the Patriots beating the Falcons at the Super Bowl and having it be like, uh, Tom Brady, uh, uh Tom Brady rapes 11 men. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. So, uh, go on Twitter and tweet us your favorite, uh, your favorite non-porn Pornhub clip. Yeah, yeah, and we'll look at it probably at work. Yeah, and maybe uh, one of us might jerk off to it. Yeah, let's, let's get it through That's those firewalls. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was kind of fun. We see that thing happen with Locke, where he essentially the information that he's given is like, go find horse good speed, and um, you'll find your cabin. And then he wakes up, and then Ben just looks at him and just goes, "I used to have dreams too." <laughs> So creepy. It is very creepy. Like but... he's watching Locke sleep <laughs> while he's holding a gun, looking like Ben looks. Right. Nah. Staring at his staring at Locke's, you know, dreamy REM sleep eyes. Yeah. He's just got those big Ben wet <laughs> um, blinking eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was so strange. Yeah. And I wonder because we also see uh, Hurley sleep in there next to him. He mumbles Malamars. I wonder if he's having a dream that's also relevant to what their quest is, but then also there's Malamar's there. Oh my god, that would be great. Oh, if they could do that, that would be so... Now, if they if they just cut to, like, uh, Hurley having a dream about Malamar parts. Well, I wonder if it's the uh, the old chef from the Dharma Initiative before Hurley gets there. Oh. And he's talking to him about Malamar's. Yeah, or he's, like, telling him how to make, like, the best kind of whatever oh, dipping it's, sauce. It's that... that uh, that special Hurley's special mayonnaise. Yeah, he makes yeah. It while he's the chef. That he's giving him the recipe, but he's like, um, you the to... secret ingredient is Malamars. Yeah, yeah. And you have to find me. Yeah, I'm with Horace in the uh, masquerade. Yeah, I think you can find that clip on Pornhub too, right? It's just Hugo makes uh, his special mayonnaise sauce or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> so we get over to that mass grave site of yeah. the Dharma Initiative. Which is a lot smaller than I was expecting it to be. <laughs> yeah, like, where are they? We're supposed to be like 100 people, yeah. but there are seven in that, that mass grave. Uh, or there's whatever. more than that. It's probably like 17. Yeah, yeah it's well, like a, stacked on top of each other. That's a deep hole. <laughs> yeah. Find out. That's terrible. <laughs> but he does find that map off of Horus, I suppose. Huh. So what do we make of that whole 
that that part where do you think that that Locke was manipulating Hurley into staying with them in a group of three? Mm. Or I wonder. I don't know because they didn't really need him. Is the thing? I guess not. And we see later after this, like he never needs Hurley. Yeah, Hurley kind of gets left by the wayside a lot yeah. in the series. Even that, like what we talked about maybe a couple episodes back, where Jack and um, uh, Sawyer stumble upon him, but they're yeah. not there to save him. No. But you know, he's he's still there. And, and that's like, the whole reason they came. Yeah. We, we learn in this episode. Yeah, but they made it like it wasn't. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, nah, we're supposed to do a thing. <laughs> I mean, we learn it in the next episode. But either way, we learn it that uh, they ran after Ben and Locke just to get Hurley because Hurley was with them. And then they that's find right. Hurley and they're like, get out, get out of our way. We have to go. Yeah. What was what were they doing? I can't yeah. remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go back to episodes, uh, listeners, and tell us what we said <laughs> on our own show. <laughs> Yes, or maybe get to science camp. Science camp. I like football and girls <laughs> and sporting events. Yeah. And cars. And cars. Yeah. Hey, tell me what your favorite car is. Sporting events. My mom's car. <laughs> I don't know, that speech. The like, back it feels scene like of your mom's car. That next scene would have to be either him coming out as uh, realizing that he's, he's gay or <laughs> a serial killer. Like that whole. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah. When he yelled at uh, the science teacher or whatever, don't ever tell me what ah. I can't do. Is that the uh, repeated sentiment that he does? Throughout yeah, the whole series, apparently. Yeah, we see him do that Second a bunch of Second or third times. time we've seen him say it so far. We even see the smoke monster say it as long yeah. towards the end of the series. like Where he encounters Jacob as a little boy in the forest and he yeah. says, uh, you know you can't kill him. And he says, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. And I think at one point... Uh, Jack says it to Locke in like a reverse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it keeps coming up. Yeah. Also, young Locke, uh, yeah, he's he's a nerd in everything, obviously, mm. uh, because, uh, you know, another uh, science camp took interest in getting him to go there. But, like, he didn't seem like he was like a dude that's in bad shape or anything. Yeah. Like, he looked like, oh, yeah, no, like... He could probably get some girls. Yeah, he was a strapping young teenage dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, like he fell off like a big cliff before he turned into <laughs> uh, adult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, sad, crippled adult uh, lock. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about a lot of teenage boys. They don't realize how hot they are. <laughs> they don't understand. Yeah, they, they don't understand. That, what, that's uh... really good for out of context <laughs> quotes. That's for a t shirt. A lot of teenage boys don't know how David K. Are. Jones, <laughs> colon, quotation. A lot of, that's the thing about teenage boys. They don't realize how hot they are. <laughs> Period. End quotes. Uh, that's the best. Um, this is kind of like, a, this happened kind of quickly, where, um, where Ben tells Locke at some point during this episode, like, um, that destiny is a fickle bitch. Yeah. Meaning that, like, I guess that you could intimate that as like that destiny is is not as set as they would want it to be, mm. or maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of that's a weird. It's a weird thing. Cause like he he's talking about his experience, Ben's experience of being chosen, and how it's uh it's supposed to be this great thing, but then he gets a tumor on his spine, his his daughter gets killed, mm-hmm. it's all these these terrible things, and he's telling it to Locke. And we've seen so much of Locke's life where he's never had anything good happen, it looks like. Yeah, mm-hmm. from like, the get. Yeah. And Locke's supposed to be like, oh, and Locke is very uh, kind to Ben in this moment. Where he's like, oh, okay. When he could have been like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know my life. My spine was crushed. Yeah. 
Yeah, just this the, the thought of that, mm-hmm. and then the idea of of John Locke as a character. It, this kind of interests me a little bit because he's had so much terrible things happen to him in his life. Yeah, and um, but he still he still surfaces, and the, the show calls him this. I'm not calling him this now. Uh, he's a man of faith, right? Where he's he has faith that things will work out, no matter what kind of bullshit happens to him. I feel that's almost you could kind of apply that to to people that might be religiously inclined. Maybe not everybody, mm-hmm. but like. You know, different ones, they, they go through a lot and they need a coping mechanism. And that's where religion kind of steps in. So, you know, all these terrible things are happening. You need some belief in something that would give you some kind of relief or something like that, you know. And yeah. maybe it, people find salvation in, in faith, whatever their faith would be in, in kind of religion. Or if maybe their faith is in people, I don't know. But it seems like Locke has this unshakable faith because a lot of things he doesn't see, but he believes because they're yeah. told to him. And a lot of times it's kind of, you can kind of perceive that as being foolish, mm-hmm. but in reality, it kind of saves him from like maybe becoming a serial killer because yeah. maybe he still has some kind of faith that he falls back on, which I don't know what the basis for that is because he's just been through so much. The yeah. funny thing is like everything that he believes are things that reinforce the idea that he is special exactly. and he is chosen yeah. and he is different and he is important destined and all of those things <laughs> are the same sort of foundational things that most serial killers believe yeah, in, ah, I think. interesting yeah i didn't and even think about it's all that. pointing him in that direction but i think a lot of the times in his life we've seen where someone said oh you're special it's been richard alpert showing up you know when he's a child saying you're special we might put you in the school look at these things or oh you're i'm um, dr alpert you're special <laughs> you should come to our school right it's like all Albert's the one who keeps trying to tell him he's special. So it's a closed echo chamber loop yeah. of like mm-hmm. he's being informed that he's special by one dude. Yeah, through these different avenues. he told he told Albert that he was special. Yeah, so, yeah. So he like a, grows so... up and he's just like, hey, I just want you to know, I'm pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> by the uh, way, I'm gonna disappear in ten seconds. Yeah, I'll tell you about a hydrogen bomb that you already know about that'll kind of give you some idea that I might be special, but in reality, it's just kind of a coincidence because I'm flashing through time, but I'm special, bro. Oh, man. Could you just imagine being able to, like, program someone to, like, time travel and go back and, like, give you better self-esteem? Wow, that would be kind of dope or interesting at the very least. Or you could even... kind of power. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine that kind of power. You could even go back and, like... And destroy someone else's yeah. self-esteem. I don't know why we went there. I feel like the opposite has happened. I mean, it's like every every 18 months or so, somebody shows up to tell me that I'm not special. <laughs> <laughs> is every 18 months the amount of time it is before you have to go back and re-up uh, your position in the guard or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's uh, great. It's how long it takes to build a sandcastle for someone to knock over. That's basically what it is. <laughs> I, I love that night cabin scene that we get between Christian Shepherd and um, Locke yeah. and Claire. They do know. I get. I don't know if they do know, but like it seemed like the writers were just all like, "All right, we gotta we gotta arch past a lot of this because this is our penultimate episode before heading into the series finale, which is three parts." <laughs> but um, yeah, it seemed like they just are like, "No, ask the important questions. We don't need to know about this, this, and this, and the others." <laughs> I wonder if that's them talking to the uh, the audience, like, "Stop asking the stupid questions. <laughs> yeah, get to the important stuff." Yeah, it's so crazy. Like when you see important questions, like why am I here? <laughs> because I'm pro- supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Can anybody ever tell anyone else why they're here? 
Like, that just seems like it'll open up a whole existential can of worms, yeah. period, right? Like, even if you, I don't know, well, maybe I'm thinking too macro, but. Yeah, I think that's the existential question, right? Why yeah. am I here? Why are any of us here? It's here, and we're here to watch the television show Lost, and after that, we will have no purpose, and thus kill ourselves. Yeah. Why am I here? Why is anyone here? Is still more of an answer than because you're supposed to be <laughs> or because I'm supposed to be yeah. here. Yeah. Like, that, that, that is circular logic. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't lead anywhere. No, n- nothing is being stated. Yeah. I think the show... Uh, I think that's the engine that this show runs on, <laughs> is that circular logic. Because it's crazy. Cause it's like you, a perpetual motion machine of stupidity. It is. It's like a, it's a perpetual motion machine. It's also just a complete, uh, complete closed loop circle. I think, I think we're figuring out what Lost is to these writers. Is this, it's this, you're here because you're supposed to be. And then within that, like every so often, they can bear off and do all these weird other story points. But it always comes back to that one circle. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I don't know what the dumb. fuck I'm talking about. This is the uh, yes, yeah, kind I'm of the... turning into that Charlie Day meme where it's just like me and a bunch of shit <laughs> on the wall. It's red yarn connecting everything. <laughs> There's that scene that we get where we get a chance to see um, Matthew Abaddon come back onto the show. Yeah, I love that guy. Like he's he's got such a gravitas to him yeah, as a does. character. Even if he's playing like an orderly, he looks <laughs> like he should be like the boss of that whole yeah. thing. Like, he, he looks like he's just default, like, police chief captain all the time, yeah. even when he's playing an orderly. Or, he could be serving me fries. I'd be mm-hmm. like, yes, sir. Yeah. Or, like, the right hand of, like, the mob boss or something. Yeah. Right. He, he always seems like he's telling you how it is. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I fully expected when he put a lock right next to the stairs that he was going to say, like, you know, some people just need a little push. <laughs> <laughs> and then just throw him down the stairs. Because, yeah. like, I said that I was... Uh, I said that I was the walkabout guy. I didn't say I was good at, you know, not making no. terrible puns. Well, mm-hmm. if you're going to practice for a walkabout, you have to yeah. start on a... I, Why I don't you try taking a, a rollabout? <laughs> <laughs> you That's perfect. Here's one thing that I found interesting about that whole interaction is um, it seemed like there is a lot of religious overtones in that one interaction between Matthew and, and Locke. One of the ones that I noticed was he places him at the top of the stairs, and the stairs are pretty high up. And it's yeah. kind of like um, there's there's a there's a mention in the Bible. I think this, a lot of people are pretty familiar with it. There's a mm-hmm. point where um, Jesus Christ becomes baptized, right? And after he gets baptized, um, he goes off by himself, and at that point in time, he's tempted by the devil mm-hmm. um, to like renounce serving God and all this kind of stuff. But what the devil does is he takes Jesus to a very high, high mountain, and it's kind of like. I don't know, it's, it's funny because that imagery with him at the top of the stairs seems almost like a very high mountain where he offers him all the kingdoms of the earth. So basically the devil offers Jesus to be the king now. You don't have to be the king later, you can be the king now. And yeah. so um, it's, you know, so Jesus turns down that and it's supposed to be a temptation that he's, that he's willing to like forego, you know, so, so the devil goes away from him. It kind of feels like that where like uh, the, the Abaddon character kind of is almost like tempting him. He's like, you should go on a walkabout. And like, you, you know, it's almost like he's tempting him into something mm. that he would either do or not do. But um, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of fun imagery that uh, I might just be putting it on, placing, like laying it on top. But yeah. Uh, but it seemed like it, it kind of had some validity. Well, yeah. the stairs were definitely shot upwards to show you how steep and high it is. Mm. True. Yeah, and he was definitely trying to get Locke to go on that walkabout. Oh. 
Because we learn later that Abaddon's like his his specialty is getting people to where they need to be. That's right. right? Yeah, I remember that. Which is why he pushes people around in wheelchairs. <laughs> like, do you need to be in this room? Well, let's get into this elevator, and I will get oh. you where you need to be. Yeah. So Abaddon's only ever seen Locke in a wheelchair. Like now, and then later on, when he sees him again, he's That's in a wheelchair right. again. Oh. That might not be entirely true. It might just be that every time Locke's seen oh. Abaddon, Locke's been in a wheelchair. Oh, I see. Because Abaddon might have like been spying on him for, for years. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. We do get that that question that, that Christian asked Locke in the cabin. And it's like uh, the question is like, okay, this is the question that you wanna ask. Do you know why you're here? And then I think at that point Locke says it's to move the island. Um I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, I think he said, no, he says, yeah, I'm here because I was chosen to be here. And Locke is 100% right. And you can kind of yeah. see, like, um, the actor that plays Christian, she- well, plays Christian Shepherd slash the smoke monster, you can mm-hmm. see the smoke monster realize, oh shit, he's right. Like, he's here because he was chosen to be here, chosen by Jacob, but he doesn't really have a, uh, an idea of the scope of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. The, uh, the, the last part that was inside the cabin, uh, when Christian, uh, slash smoke monster shepherd uh, says, "Oh, do you? Uh, why don't you get cut to the point and ask the important question?" And Locke says, "How do I save the island?" Mm, that's right. Or how do I protect the island? And then uh, smoke monster and Claire both smile like, "Yay! <laughs> he has one hundred percent bought in. We have him on the hook." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's that's totally adverse to what the um, what the smoke monster wants because he's plain plain out says it in season six like the island doesn't need protecting like he screams it and I yeah. think he's like in Locke's body at that point but he he just wants to leave the island but then he uses he it seems like he uses John's faith in his you know to to do this and he says like yeah it's to save the island he's like okay so he believes that he is supposed to save the island he has faith in that belief. So I can use that. And that's that's kind of like, you know, you can kind of see that a lot in religion today. People kind of just use Pray it on as, the beliefs of others. Yeah, they pray yeah. On, on the beliefs of others. And that's why you have like, you know, pedophile priests and all kinds of stuff. Like, it's just terrible, but yeah. it's still that's a That's why you have uh, leaders of mega churches who turn into smoke monsters and cha- take other people's <laughs> bodies. Yeah, yeah. You, you have leaders of mega churches that don't open their doors to hurricane victims. And um, then I just date us. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Olstein. I don't know. That's that's as far as I got in terms of this episode. Is there anything no. else worth mentioning that we didn't talk about? Um, Does the uh, the name of the science cap Midlos mean anything? No. Like is that, that is that a I think uh, that's biblical East, reference? I think that's in. Well, I don't know about biblical. Not that I can think of. It seems like it's a Latin word. Yeah, Middle East Greek, but I don't know what it actually means. Well, Richard Alpert is in charge of this Middle East science thing, so I'm assuming it must be some kind of Latin thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's the first time we hear that name. We could probably add that to like um, it Easter might egg be a, uh, an Easter egg that we haven't discovered the origin of yet. Mm, yeah, we haven't yeah. found the Easter chicken. Oh yeah, but, um, or you know, whatever so... it is that comes before the egg. <laughs> I would say the Easter Easter bunny. No, that's not right. Um, I don't know. Kimi. Kimi. We got a lot of Kimi in this episode. Oh, oh yeah. We, we didn't, even we didn't even talk about uh, Kimi or the ship people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kimi is an interesting character. Again, like one of my favorite episodes because of all the, 
the weird strangeness that happens. Like, and loss is supposed to be, that's supposed to be the hallmark of loss, all this weird, strange stuff. But this episode, we get an extra helping of it. Like, we see Kimi try to shoot Michael in the face. Yeah. Multiple times, and his gun does not go off. Yeah, it's just like click. And then usually, that's the point at which they say, oh, damn, I meant to shoot you, but I couldn't. Or when they say, like, ah, it's empty. But I got you good, didn't I? <laughs> and instead, his response when uh, everyone's just staring at him after after he like tries to shoot him and gun just goes click, is to keep pulling the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, click, 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 click. Yeah, that's that's TV show troperism, tropiness uh-huh. coming through. I guess like um yeah that 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 was kind of fun to see. Like um yeah, so Michael is. Mm, unkillable, right? Uh, well, but not unkillable. But at this point, there's something funky happening with Michael, where he's not supposed to die yet. And I guess that's that's shown to us too, because um, when Michael can't defuse the bomb, we, he gets visited by a Christian Shepherd. And I don't know if this is Whispers Christian Shepherd or Smoke Monster Christian Shepherd, because he says, um, "You did good. You can go now." And then that's when the freighter explodes with Michael standing right in front of the bomb. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. I believe it was Whispers. It was whispers, right? Yeah, there was whispers and then. So that was a legit ghost of Christian Shepherd. Yeah. Whispers. That's how you can tell that uh, who you're talking to is a legit ghost. Right. So if you see a dead friend or the dead re- or the dead relative of a friend, uh, if you don't hear whispers beforehand, run, bitch, run, go get some help. <laughs> that a smoke monster. <laughs> that sounds like those could be lyrics in one of the best rap songs. Yeah. Run, run bitch, run. run. Get, go some, get help. some help. That that a smoke monster. That a smoke monster. <laughs> and uh, that'll be available as a single on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have please. to make a Patreon. I keep promising to put stuff on it. <laughs> with our uh, off of our first album. What's up with that, bro? The <laughs> album. Yeah. What's up with that, bro? Question mark colon the album. Yeah. We also get our our first peek at the <laughs> dead man's trigger. Yeah. That Omar outfits Kimi with. Um. But like it's 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 another trope that they that you see on TV. Like you weren't supposed to see this. Let's close the door. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. But it's still strange. Yeah. Such a weird uh, weird way for them to be sit- was standing it? there in that room. Yeah. Like was it Frank Lapidus like thinking on his feet, like improvising in the moment? He was all like, "Oh hey, just hey, bring in this guy to the lower decks because he's not in the lowest possible deck." Taking um, him down to the engine room. Yeah. You know the only reason why you kept him alive. Even though I don't know that. I wasn't in the room when you guys established that. Yeah. Kimi has a knife. Kimi kills a doctor in this episode. Yeah. But with that knife in a subsequent scene after the whole um, Michael thing not working, how come he doesn't just knife Michael in the neck? Or were we just supposed oh. to like... Because he could have killed him if he really wanted yeah. to. Even snapped his neck, maybe. He was surprised that his gun wasn't working and embarrassed because he was like, oh, this is going to be my badass moment where I execute this guy. And yeah. His gun jams. He's like, that's stupid right now. <laughs> he was just very insecure yeah. in that moment where he's just like, you know what, guys? It's been a rough day. Let's all take five. I'm going to go and outfit myself with a dead man's trigger for my bomb. <laughs> you guys do what you're going to do here. None of this happened. I'm still the best. Peace out, <laughs> This happens to all men. <laughs> <laughs> this happens to all badass mercenaries. Sometimes your gun just doesn't go off. Then you get a little flustered and you can't think. But if I was thinking clearly, I would have knifed you or broke your neck. But I didn't. <laughs> Because I was a little embarrassed, kind of ashamed of my uh, my gun not going off. Yeah. 
is such a big gamble. If it if it doesn't go off, what's the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're learning that there that the Martin Kimi character is is a roughneckian like mercenary, <laughs> but also has some insecurities. Yeah. He probably writes about it in his diary at night. Also possibly impotent. Possibly imp- yeah. impotent. Dear diary, my gun didn't go off. Just Again. like how my gun doesn't go off. <laughs> Okay, so, that, that would explain why he's so vicious. <laughs> yeah, he's so got an on-working dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dick don't work. Yeah. Now i got to carve some throats. <laughs> so our uh, research department's gotten back to us, and Metellos Labs, we'll see again later. And oh. uh, it's uh, the word Metellos, it's uh, similar to a German adjective, which means funless or lacking money. And can also be used to mean stranded or lost. Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Very good, Lost Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I know if we were, like, seriously trying to dig into the lore, we would find a lot of different things about the names of places and people on the show. Everything <laughs> just means lost. <laughs> yeah. That's we, the whole show. That's the takeaway. Lost is a show about being lost. <laughs> You're lost physically, you're lost spiritually, you're lost in a metaphysical sense. All that time that you spent watching the show, you lost it. (laughs) (laughs) You watching the show right now, you don't get what's going on. You're lost. In that sense of the word. Oh, lost. Lost, lost, lost. Lost, lost, lost. When I talked about um, Kimi killing that that doctor, tossing his body overboard, Mm -hmm. uh, we find out Omar got a a Morse code message earlier than that saying the doctor's body had washed up on shore with his throat cut. And they guess, he gets that message probably hours before the doctor gets his throat cut and thrown hmm. overboard. So what do, what, do we, what do we make of that? Who um, sent the Morse code message mm, to him? I know what it is. Well, I know not what it is, but I know we've already seen how that happened, right? There's like once they move the island, right? All the time skips start happening. Mm-hmm. So... That body gets tossed overboard, so that dead throw body popped up somewhere in the past or whatever, right? And then <laughs> oh. somebody sent a telegram for it. Oh. I would imagine, I think, something like that. Did I just fuck it up? I don't know. So, I mean, like, Charlotte's body, when she, once she dies, she stops going through time, right? Right. Maybe only live bodies go through time? Yeah. But then he gets his body dumped over before the initial island move happens, yeah, right? So and then, like, there's a little spot, like, there's a section around the island including the water that gets kind of transported yeah. that's why daniel faraday ends up getting transported too because he's off island yeah. technically that all happens the next day so maybe 12 or 14 hours later so is he alive for another 12 hours floating oh. in the ocean with his throat or maybe ripped open does your dead body get pulled around through time too because if he's dead and he's being manipulated through time or yeah, isn't that what david was just talking about with charlotte not Going through time after she dies? Yeah. Oh, so she just stayed in that time? Yeah, because uh, Faraday, he gets transported to the next And the she next doesn't come with him. Yeah, but she doesn't come with him. Ooh, inconsistencies. <laughs> we found inconsistencies. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a show so staunch on not, in, not being <laughs> this inconsistent. This is number one on the inconsistency count. We keep on the inconsistency board. That's <laughs> the first one. Yep. We've written it in blood. Yes. The blood of Lindelof. <laughs> I like the idea that our inconsistency count um, will always be one. We'll just keep adding one to it every time. <laughs> we forget how many times we find inconsistencies, and thus it is inconsistent with itself. Because the count is lost. Ah. <laughs> there's um, 
Out of all the items that that Richard presents to Locke as a child, one of them is a comic book, is a mystery tales or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember people were going crazy on the internet after the episode <laughs> came out because everybody's just so like looking for stuff, right, to, yeah. to tie into whatever the show is. I, I can't remember exactly, and I was about to look for it, but whatever. Um, yeah, there's, mystery tales. Yeah, the mystery tales uh, comic that he has that specific. Yeah, that that specific um, issue came out, I think, in the '60s, in the 1960s, and um, it's a it's a real comic, but it's it's about it's about like um, how some guy is flying in an airplane and he looks out his airplane window and he sees two cities hovering on top of each other, or an island hovering above a city. So there's a floating island or something like that. So I guess the comic was supposed to you know supposed to intimate that like the island is going to be moved, and I guess they already. They just kind of threw it in there to like fuck people and fuck with people, or mm-hmm. I don't know, if fuck with people is the right thing, but just to kind of throw in as another, you know, how what are they going to do? What does it mean? Yeah. Where is this island going? How are we moving it? Is it just going to be like a cloud nimbus in future episodes? <laughs> yeah, I think either someone found that comic was like, oh wow, this is a lot like what we do on our show, <laughs> or. Someone in the writers' room had that and has been ripping it off for a while. And someone's like, "Wait, what? What is that?" Somebody like pulled a Biff from Back to the <laughs> yeah. Future, but instead of like a almanac, it's a comic book. <laughs> We're on to you, Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> you fraud! You fucked up, Brian K. Vaughn. You fucked up with your comic book. You thought you could hide it in plain sight. We on to you. Yeah. So yeah, it was issue number forty. Oh, it'd be so good if it was like issue number like forty-two. Yeah. Yeah, from 1956. Oh, the issue is from 1956. Yeah. Oh, so that thing was old by the time it came to Locke. Cause yeah. Locke was born in 54, yeah. right? So that was 61 when he saw it. So I was already five years old. Wow. I see. Yeah. I've run out of notes already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think I've been out. We're getting to that time. So I'm going to start Easter Egg Corner while AJ looks up uh, the title for next week's episode. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, so we had a lot of Easter eggs because we're doing a lot of flashbacks. And things with with Locke and kind of seeing stuff, but like um, Locke when he uh, when he's visited by Alpert in '61, he's playing backgammon. That's a thing. And we see the smoke monster we talked about in the compass. Um, in high school, Locke gets locked in his locker. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot of locks in that sentence. <laughs> um, I wonder that that's why they did it. I wonder if he, that was the first time someone got locked in their locker because they're like Locke. That's your name, huh? <laughs> that makes me think of lockers and locking you in it. And that started a whole bullying craze just because of his name. That's so funny. Yeah. But it's, he had a Geronimo Jackson poster up inside of his locker. Oh, it was Geronimo Jackson. Yeah. The, okay. So they're, they're older than we thought. Yeah, interesting. I guess that was early 70s, probably 72 or so. I and see. then uh, don't tell me what I can't do. Um, and Hurley shares an Apollo bar with uh, Ben. Nice. With uh, what could be the beginning of a uh, budding uh, partnership or romance. Or yeah. bromance. Bromance. Yeah. But it's yeah. kind of fun. I, I don't necessarily think they're laying track for this with mm. that scene. But retroactively, it does fit. Yeah. Where eventually those two become like co-island rulers, sort of. Yeah. I mean, they just go on for a good long time after the series is over. Yeah. They definitely share a moment in this episode where they... When they share that that candy bar, yeah, and it's weird because like uh, there's no words and there's no like scheming or yeah. or like uh, you know or or fancy puns or wordplay or like any secret meanings. It's just a, it's just an Apollo bar, yeah. So it's kind of slice of life kind of thing. Like, yeah, so people are just sitting here and you know 
Yeah, and I, I yeah, so it's just it's a slice of life kind of thing. It's just really it's it's a it's a it's a real mellow thing, but it really does communicate like, you know, maybe what kind of relationship they had after the item was done. Yeah. Just one of like um, you know, where Hurley reaches out and uh Ben reaches back. And yeah, then well, they, I mean this is sort of the arc of Ben and uh, Hurley's relationship, right? Where we're, uh, earlier in this episode, we find out um, the origin of those crackers that uh, Hurley was eating, oh, right? Yeah. They were 15-year-old crackers that were <laughs> yeah. in a uh, box that Ben opened up that was underground or under a rock. Right. And they weren't even like, it wasn't a full sleeve of crackers. It was a half sleeve and you know, <laughs> they just right. twist the end of it. So yeah. It had to be stale and full of bugs. Super stale. And they were like exposed to the air in that tin or yeah. whatever. But yeah, he gives those to Hurley. He's like, here, have these crackers have some food then later on that day hurley's like okay here have this half of a candy bar they get off the island uh ben shows up at hurley's house hurley throws a hot pocket at him like here have this hot pocket (laughs) there is uh, a lot of food things that go on between those two constantly passing food back and forth ah and i like i know i I know this is gonna make me sound like the biggest asshole but i'm gonna (laughs) say it anyway they're just they're feeding each other not in the actual literal sense, but like uh, this partnership they keep feeding and it, it ends up flourishing later yeah. on. Because they do, and we've mentioned this a bunch of time in the series finale outside that church where Harley says you were a great number two. Meaning yeah. that they had a good relationship and they had a successful, whatever you would call it, a term or, 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 or whatever, how long, however long he was the leader of that island and protector of the light. Yeah. And, he had a good relationship with Ben, or at least it ended up on good terms. Because when he sees him outside the church, they're still on good terms. Yeah, and I think there's a uh, a cut scene from that that scene where Ben's like, "Oh yeah, I found some uh, communion wafers in there," and gives them to Hurley. Yeah, and then Hurley goes like, "Oh great, like I found this uh, Apollo bar underneath <laughs> the uh, the pew seating. Let's split this." Yeah. If they if they called it if they called that back, that would have been awesome. That would be great. Yeah. So. Next week, we're going to be considering Season 4, Episode 10, Something Nice Back Home. Something Nice Back Home. So what do you think that is, Chad? Um, Mike? Mark? Michael. Michael. Uh, Michael uh, is thinking about Walt, and that causes him to give the information. That's how he leaked the information, and he gets caught uh, Uh, doing that. Yeah. and they're like, oh, why would you? Why would you do uh, something like that? And then he's just like, oh, I have some, I have someone waiting for me at home. Mm-hmm. It thinks I'm nice or something. I don't. <laughs> it's it's really hot, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, lot of, a lot of words in that title. Uh, I feel you. Yeah, something nice back home. All right, yeah, that could fit. That fits. Yeah, I somebody's think. got something nice back home. Having your uh, your son would be one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being a thing. For sure. Well. um... I guess uh, if we need to come and find you on the internet, Dave, where can we come and find oh, you? You can find me on Twitter uh, at DKJ Comedy for pictures of ice cream, and uh, mostly that's it. Sweet. Um, AJ, you can find me over at Twitter on AnnieMS003 and Chad. Negative1.net. Boom. Come and find us. Also, we have a Twitter page, What Bro Pod, our Instagram. What Bro Pod. Yeah. Also, oh, Facebook. And what's our email? What's up with that bro? Uh, what's up with that bro at gmail What's up with that bro podcast at gmail? Yeah. What's up with that bro podcast? So, if you feel like spelling or you know writing a bunch of letters, and then any, add an email at a gmail.com. Yeah, and you can find that through our website. What's up with yeah. that cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost.